Turn with me to John chapter 5, verse 24. John chapter 5 and verse 24. A few years ago, I was driving on a back road in the country, and I saw this sign, Bridge Out Ahead. Sure enough, uh, just over the hill, there was a bridge out, and the fall would have been pretty steep. (laughs) I was glad that I had the warning that was there. I remember uh, when I was growing up, they were having issues with people putting stuff in Tylenol. They started putting these seals now on the uh, drugs that we buy at the drugstore. And when uh, when you take those things off, it says, do not use if the seal is broken. Why? To protect you from what may be there. Um, You know, we all need warnings in life, don't we? Uh, If you had a godly mom and dad, you probably received some warnings from time to time uh, in your life. But perhaps the most important warning that any of us could receive is the warning that God gives us about a place called hell. Hell is a place that... uh, God doesn't want any person to go. That's why he sent Jesus. But hell is a reality. And uh, we need to to hear this warning. If you're here today and you're lost, you need to hear the warning because uh, if you die without putting your trust in Jesus, hell is your destination. You need to hear it today if you're a Christian because you need to understand the seriousness of, and the urgency of sharing with people about Jesus Christ before it's too late. Um, The scripture we're looking at today, Jesus talks about judgment, and it is judgment in the time of eternity. The word hell is not used, but it is definitely referred to. Uh, Instead, the emphasis is on Jesus and what he is doing both now, but also what he will do when he comes, uh, and there will be two judgments, a judgment uh, for the righteous, those who place their faith in Christ and have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and those who will be judged apart from Christ, who will be judged for their sin. Revelation talks about this when it says the books will be opened, the record that God has uh, for all the sins of all humanity for all time, will be considered and judgment will be carried out. Jesus tells us in this passage that he has all authority to judge. But he also tells us that if we put our trust in him, we'll have eternal life. Uh, Sometimes people have questions about hell. They say, well, you know, what about those people who have never heard the gospel? Well, the Bible teaches us that Each of us has been given a conscience by God and that each of us chooses to violate that conscience and we sin. The Bible also teaches us that the creation itself is a witness to the existence of God and to the creative power of God and of our accountability to God. And so that when we violate our conscience, we uh, sin against the law of God. Uh, have you ever heard about somebody committing a crime and then they, they go to court and they say, well, I didn't know about it. And they say, well, ignorance is no excuse. 
You see, the fact of the matter is the law has been broken. And so um, God has reached people in various parts of the world through dreams, of course, through missionary enterprise. Uh, when Abraham was uh, beginning his trek, uh, God, uh, God appeared to him in Ur of the Chaldees. And he said, go to the land, I'll show you, and I'll make of you a great nation. There was no one there to tell Abraham about that. But God spoke into his life, and God changed his life and changed the course of his destiny. Um, and so uh, other people will say, well, well, surely, surely a just God wouldn't punish people or torment people in hell forever. Well... The fact of the matter is, he doesn't send us to hell. We send ourselves there through our own personal choice to sin. Okay. Secondly, uh, the idea that there are good people who go to hell is false. None of us are good. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. And the very best that we have, even those who know Christ, the very best that we have, the Bible says, is as filthy rags to God. It is uh, nowhere near the standard, the best righteousness that we have, nowhere near the standard that God requires. Jesus said, be you perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And none of us are. Uh, another, another person says, well, why would God judge some, everybody the same? Uh, doesn't he know that, that some people are better than others? And Well, God doesn't judge everybody the same. The Bible says there are different levels of punishment in hell. Uh, the scripture talks about one specific thing that God evaluates when he makes a determination of judgment in hell. And one of those things is how much a person knows. So the person who knows very little about God, he says, will be beaten with few stripes. And it's a picture of, uh, of the, the discipline and judgment in hell. Uh, it says the one who knows much will be judged with many stripes. The fact that you know that probably means you're in the many stripes category, okay? But uh, God evaluates each person. So there are different levels of judgment in hell. So uh, those are some of the questions that are commonly answered. Another one is, uh, don't people who go to hell, just aren't they just destroyed and that's the end? No. The Bible says that their, their judgment lasts forever and ever and ever. Uh, the scripture talks about the beast and the false prophet in Revelation. They're put into hell at the beginning of the millennium. And after a thousand year period of the millennium, they're still in hell when God throws the devil into hell. The scripture tells us in the, in the gospel of Luke that the rich man in hell uh, is speaking and is carrying on a conversation. So uh, he is alive and existing in hell. The scripture says the fire of their torment lasts forever and ever. So those are some, just some general questions that are usually asked and sometimes uh, can clear up some, some confusion. Uh, but I want to talk to you today about four truths about hell and judgment. We need to trust Christ while we have the opportunity. So uh, look with me at verse 24. Truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but is passed from death to life. 
Truly I tell you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he is granted to the Son to have life in himself. And he has granted him the right to pass judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this because a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of condemnation. I can do nothing on my own. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So four truths about hell and judgment. Uh, What do we need to understand about hell? Well, first of all, know that hell is a choice. Hell is a choice. God doesn't just send people to hell to be vindictive. God sends people to hell because they choose to violate their conscience, to ignore the witness of creation, and to ignore the message of the gospel. So um, it is a choice. Verse 24, he says, truly I tell you, literally, truly, truly, I say unto you, it's very emphatic, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me, that's God the Father, has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. I want to tell you something. Eternal life doesn't just begin in the future. Eternal life begins the moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ. You are passed from death to life. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sin. What's he talking about? He's not talking about physical death because the people he was talking to were walking around. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. No, he's talking about spiritual death. And the person who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ passes from death into life. They're born again. They're made a new creation in Christ. And from that point on, they have eternal life. And it says they will not come under judgment. Why? The judgment's been carried out. Now, you said, well, what I I thought it said just a few verses later that there's going to be a judgment for the righteous. Yes, but it's a judgment of rewards. It's a judgment for God to give us rewards for the things we've done as we serve him here. But the person who believes in Christ, that is, they repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ and believes the promise of the Father, passes from death to life, and that life is eternal. It will never cease. It will never stop. It lasts forever, and it just gets better from here. When Jesus comes... There is going to be a fullness of life. The old sin nature will be taken away. And we'll live in the fullness of blessing and joy in God's presence forever. Cannot be stopped. Cannot be taken away. The devil can't stop it. You can't stop it yourself. But because it is God's work and God's power in you that has started the process. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. So... Hell is a choice. You don't have to go to hell. Isn't that a great news? (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. 
God loves us so much, he sent Jesus. Hallelujah. And we can choose to repent of our sin and trust in him. And we can escape hell. We can escape the judgment we justly deserve and live in God's paradise forever. Uh, What an incredible blessing that is. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to tell you something. If you go to hell, it will be based on your own choice. You'll have no one to blame but yourself. No one will be able to say because Jesus will be the judge and the, the evidence of the nail scars will be in his hands and his feet. No one will be able to say, I shouldn't come under judgment because Jesus has paid the price. So hell becomes a choice. Uh, There's even stories that are told. um, I I heard a a story years ago of this man who was in a remote place in Africa, and he was was looking up at the sky, and he was looking at the beauty of the stars, and he says, God, I, I believe you're out there, but I don't know who you are. Would you show me who you are so I can follow you? Through a series of circumstances, uh, he ends up uh, uh, being reached by a missionary. He, he meets the missionary and uh, ends up coming to the United States to go to school. Ultimately, he is saved in the United States, but God took the initiative to meet him where he was as he was seeking after God. He had never heard the gospel, but he was seeking I read a book a, a couple of years back about uh, the Muslim world and how God is bringing all kinds of people to Christ in the Muslim world through dreams and visions. And um, one missionary uh, was uh, passing out tracts in a Muslim country. And this man came and he tore the tract that they tried to give him, tore it in half, threw it on the ground, spit on it, and walked away angry. The next day, he came back and he said, do you have one of those tracks you gave me yesterday? And they said, yes, we do. And they gave it to him. He said, I had a dream about Jesus that you told me about yesterday. And he told me I need to come get one of those from you. See, God is, God is reaching people all over the world in places where they've not heard the message because the gospel has been barred from them. Listen, our God's arm is not too short to save. He's able. So hell is a choice. Hell is a choice. We choose to violate our conscience, don't we? We do. Every single one of us has done that at one time or another. We choose uh, to ignore the witness of creation. And we choose, if you know the gospel, you choose to reject the gospel. Hell is a choice. And so is heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you put your trust in Jesus. So that's the first truth. Four truths about hell and judgment. Hell is a choice. Secondly, judgment is unavoidable. Look at verse 25. Truly I tell you, an hour is coming and now is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Now some people have taken this to mean uh, that people will hear the voice of the Son of God and be saved. They'll be resurrected in their spirit. But if you look down, uh, it says uh, uh, in verse 28, and this is unmistakable, do not be amazed at this because the time is coming when all, not just Christians, but all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. 
those who have done good things into the resurrection of life, those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of judgment. So, in other words, there's no place you can go to avoid the judgment of God if you reject Jesus. Jesus is the only hope for sinners. Judgment's unavoidable. I, I heard a story about uh, Adolf Hitler at the end of World War II. As the opposing forces drew near, he killed himself to avoid the consequences for the decisions he'd made. But though he may have avoided judgment at the Hague or wherever uh, uh, he may have faced judgment as a war criminal, he will not avoid the judgment of God. He will be raised up. You see, there's no place you can go. Uh, Vietnam... Uh, in the Vietnam War, many people flew, uh, not flew, but fled to Canada to try to escape the draft. I'm going to tell you something. There's nowhere you can go to escape God's judgment if you reject Jesus. Judgment is unavoidable. Even if you die, you're going to be raised up. By the way, the Bible also teaches that when you die, you go to hell. And then ultimately, after the judgment, death and hell are thrown into the lake of fire. So there will be a judgment in the future, but God also begins the process the moment a person dies of putting them in, in hell at that point, and then later on after the judgment into the lake of fire. Hell, death and hell go into the lake of fire. So judgment is unavoidable. If you reject Jesus Christ, you will face justice for your sins. God knows every thought. He knows every word. He knows everything you should have done that you didn't do. He knows all the times you've ignored him. What are the two greatest commandments? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There have been times when all of us, have disregarded God, not cared about God, not given Him time, not, not cared a thing about Him. We've broken that most important commandment. There have been times we've not loved our neighbor as ourselves, right? Just in those two things. What about honor your father and mother, one of the Ten Commandments? Is there anybody in here that's never been disrespectful to your parents? Listen, we can't even count the sins we've committed. And, but God has a record of every single one of our sins. And if you reject Christ, if you don't put your trust in Him before you die, you will face judgment for your sin. It's unavoidable. All the dead will be raised. So, four truths about hell and judgment. First of all, hell is a choice. Secondly, judgment is unavoidable. Thirdly, Jesus' verdict is sure. Look at verse 27. And he has granted him, that is Jesus, the right to pass judgment because he is the Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man is a very specific reference to Daniel 7.13, this divine Son of Man that Daniel talks about in his vision who comes before the Father, the Ancient of Days, and, and so forth. He is this divine figure. Jesus, by the way, was God the Son before he ever became a man. He's been given this judgment because of who he is. He is the Son of Man. God has granted the right to pass judgment. 
uh, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where Jesus gives the great commission. He says, all authority has been given to me. All authority. Jesus' verdict is sure. Now, if you go out here and you commit a crime, hopefully you don't do that. (laughs) But if you do, and you come before a judge, you might be able to appeal his decision, right? Or you might get you a fancy lawyer uh, who is really good with his words, who might get you off for the crime that you've committed. But none of these things works in God's court. Because, number one, there is no place to appeal. I remember uh, years ago, I had a family member I was taking. It wasn't, it wasn't a major life emergency, but it was, there was quite a bit of pain, and I was trying to take, take this person to the hospital quickly, and I was speeding. Okay? I got pulled over by the state trooper, and he gave me a ticket. And he told me I could appeal it to the judge. And so I went to the judge, and I said, look, this is what was going on and everything. And he refused to change the ticket. And I heard that there's no place I could really appeal his decision. So guess what I had to do? I had to pay the ticket. There was no other place to appeal. The same thing is true for somebody who falls under the verdict of judgment of Jesus Christ. There's no other place of appeal. You will pay the penalty for your sin. You can't find a lawyer slick enough to get you off because Jesus is omniscient. You can't find somebody to deliver you from his judgment because Jesus is all-powerful. His verdict is sure. God has given him all authority to judge. Once that verdict comes, there'll be nothing you can do to turn it around. You better act while you can. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and find his deliverance and salvation. Receive God's mercy And God's grace while you have the opportunity. Four truths about hell and judgment. First of all, hell is a choice. Secondly, judgment is unavailable. Thirdly, Jesus' verdict is sure. And fourthly, eternal torment is just. Look at verse 28 and 29. Do not be amazed at this. Because a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice. And come out, those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked things or worthless things to the resurrection of condemnation. You see, God does evaluate the lives of people. Abraham was talking to God about Sodom. He was concerned about Sodom because his nephew Lot lived in Sodom. And he said, Lord, if there, if there are this many righteous people, will you spare the city? Yes, I will spare the city if there are that many. And he's kind of having this ongoing dialogue with God. He keeps bringing his number down. If there's only ten righteous people in Sodom, will you destroy? Far be it from the judge of all the earth uh, to, to not do right judgment. Will you spare the city for ten righteous people? He says, I'll spare the city for ten righteous people. There weren't ten righteous people in Sodom until judgment did come. But Abraham is interceding with God. He says, you're the judge of all the earth. Will you not do right? You see, God has always been the judge of all the earth. He evaluates the lives of men. The Bible says that he searches 
hearts and minds. He knows the plans of a man's heart. He knows the thoughts of a man's mind, his disposition. I remember when I was lost, I I lived two different lifestyles. Now, I was pretty young, so I mean, it wasn't anything that would uh, uh, get on television or something, but but I lived one way at school, and I lived another way at church. Why? Because my parents would punish me. They weren't shy about punishing me for doing what was wrong, and I knew I'd get in trouble. So I lived one way in front of them, but also I, I tried to fool the people in the church to make them think that I was other than I was. And then I'd go out and live the way I wanted to during the week. Well, I had some people fooled, but I didn't have God fooled. God knows our hearts. He knows our actions. He knows where we are. He evaluates. It says those who've done good things to the resurrection of life. This is not the salvation by merit, okay? None of us deserve God's eternal life. We get that by grace. For it's of grace you're saved by faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, Titus 3.5 says, it is uh, not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saves us, with the washing of water and, and, and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. So, um, God saves us by his grace, but when a person is saved, their heart is changed. Now, if your heart's not changed, and if you have no desire for the things of God, and you have no desire to serve God, you need to check and see whether or not you know Jesus Christ. Because a person who's truly turned from sin to put their trust in Jesus will have a heart, a desire to please God, and they'll be miserable in sin. And if you're not, you need to check your condition. The Bible says examine yourself to see if you be of the faith. But a person who's genuinely saved by the grace of God, will be changed within. They won't be perfect, but they'll have a desire to please Christ. And they'll do good things as they serve Christ, and they'll be judged on the basis of those good things for the purpose of rewards. Corinthians tells us about that. So um, he will evaluate justly for the purpose of rewards. Now, that is even by his grace. Because I don't deserve, what I deserve really is hell. But by his grace, he gives me rewards for the things that I do. But he'll also evaluate the lives of the wicked. In verse 29, it says, Those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of condemnation. They will be raised to be condemned. And God will have a record of every sin. God will judge perfectly. He'll judge justly. Somebody said, well, how can eternal judgment be just? Because guess what? We live a limited amount of time. How could God judge us forever for a limited amount of time of sin? I'll tell you how. Lost people's hearts don't change. You see, a Christian is changed. And ultimately, the Bible says when we go to heaven, our sin nature will be taken away. We won't sin anymore. But a lost person's heart doesn't change. Guess what they're going to be doing throughout eternity? Cursing God and sinning. The only limitation of it will be the fact that they are being tormented in hell and that they are confined to the lake of fire. 
But the sin will continue throughout all eternity. And so the judgment continues through all eternity. Revelation 22 says, let him who is evil go on being evil. Let him who is evil or wicked go on being filthy. And the idea is, regardless of what they do, God will judge and God will act. And you'll act in perfect justice. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't really think that God's just to do that. Well, uh, you could go to court, and you, if you kill somebody, you can say, well, I don't really think it's just for the, the judge to send me to jail. It doesn't really matter what you think. Justice is determined by the judge, right? Fact is, all of us disagree about what's just. Now, let me ask you this. If you, have you ever watched, a, maybe been watching the news, and you've seen one of these horrendous crimes is done against a child or something, and you begin to get angry. And you begin to, boy, that person deserves to be strung up. Maybe you begin to describe what that person deserves, and you, you know, that person doesn't deserve to live. And that anger that you fear is what's called righteous indignation. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, we're all sinners. Our, our uh, meter is really low. We're not sensitive to sin the way God is. God is perfect and he is holy. So what doesn't bother us and what we accept from others because of our sin, God does not accept. I remember I'd been teaching uh, Megan about uh, the Ten Commandments, you know, that you shouldn't lie and so forth. And... Um, or no, it's take God's name in vain. That's what it was. Shouldn't take God's name in vain. And uh, uh, we were watching a TV program, and this this person takes God's name in vain. And uh, I sat there. I, I mean, I I was in the military. I heard every kind of cuss word. I heard the compound cuss words. But uh, you know, it didn't really shock me. But she goes <gasps> because. She recognized, she was shocked. She was little. She didn't hear people taking, taking God's name every, in vain every day. And it shocked her. You see, our issue is that we're so exposed to sin, we're numb to it. God is not numb to it. Every sin matters to Him. A lot of times we as human beings also tend to be have righteous indignation towards somebody else's sin rather than our own, right? We'll get all worked up. Well, I can't believe those. And you, you begin to describe this person who's done this sin. But when it comes to our sin, well, you need to be tolerant of me. You need to be gracious to me. Listen, listen, let him who's without sin cast the first stone. Why? Because it's my sin. Right? We rationalize our own sin. We explain our own sin away while we condemn the sin of others. God doesn't do that. There'll be no spin in heaven. God will judge with perfect justice. There'll be no excuses. There'll be no getting out of it. There'll be no convincing him otherwise because he knows perfectly what is right, perfectly what is just, and he will judge 
exactly as things need to be judged. So eternal torment is just. If you've ever thought somebody else needs to be tormented for sin, you need to at least have a little bit of pause and think, could it be that my sin is enough to provoke God in his wrath to torment me? Could it be? I believe it can. His judgment is coming. Four truths about hell and judgment. Hell is a choice. Judgment is unavoidable. Jesus' verdict is sure. Eternal torment is just. Now comes the point of decision. What will you do with this information? Will you allow it to pass by? Will you say, I can give my life to Jesus some other time? You know, we're not, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not. Can I encourage you this day? Put your trust in Jesus while you can. If you don't know him, the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. Never sinned against God. He's the only exception in the whole human race. And he went to a cross to bear not the punishment that he deserved, but the just punishment that I deserved and that you deserved. The Bible says Christ died for sin once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Isn't that a beautiful truth? Because of what Jesus has done, God will acquit you of your sin because Jesus has paid your debt. And he'll let you go free and he'll change you from death to life. And you'll not face a judgment for the sins that you've committed in the future or in the past. But you will know the grace of God. If you're his child, you may be disciplined, but you'll never face the just punishment for your sin. Uh, so if you're here today, what, what is the response to that? Well, the Bible says he calls us to put our trust in him. It's the message of faith we proclaim. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, that is, you are, are bowing the, the knee to his sovereignty in your life. You're saying, Lord, I choose to turn from my sin in my own way to follow you. Repentance. That's what it is to confess him as Lord. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's the promise of God. Put your trust in it and receive Jesus today. Uh, I'm going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come and I'd love to, to pray with you. You don't necessarily need a preacher to make this choice. You can call upon God yourself and you can say, Lord, I bow the knee to you. I choose to follow you. I receive your grace that Jesus purchased for me at the cross and I trust you. Uh, the thief on the cross, his prayer was pretty, pretty simple. Lord, remember me in your kingdom. But what was he doing? He was reaching out. We know he repented because of the other gospels tell us he quit cursing Jesus. We know he was trusting in him because he looks to Jesus for the answer that he needs. But his prayer was simply, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And he was saved forever. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So if you're here today and you're a child of God, um, I want to just encourage you uh, to surrender. Lord, use me 
to share with others the message of the gospel. I, I just want to challenge you to surrender to be used by God in that way. To tell the good news. You're not responsible to save them. That's God's department. You're just responsible to share. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, help us to live in light of the fact that there is an eternal judgment that is coming. Lord, for those who are lost here today, I pray that you will give them the supernatural grace and power, Lord, to genuinely repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus today. Give them the courage to step out for you. And Father, for those here today that know Jesus, help them say, Lord, I surrender to your purpose. Use me.